Welcome to a new episode of the Arabology Show with yours truly, DJ Ramsey, coming to you from KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. I have today with me in the studio somebody whose work I have admired from afar and who is here at Stanford. We're talking about Adam Ashraf Esayer, who's here to talk about this phenomenal play going on in San Francisco right now. It's called Drowning in Cairo, playing from April 8th till May 1st. So I'm going to begin as a fellow Arabic speaker and say ahlan wa sahlan bik ya Adam. Ahlan, thank you for having me. Now I have heard about this play. I am ready to go see it on Friday. Can you give us maybe a little bit of a synopsis or an idea about what the play is about? Absolutely. Uh, Drowning in Cairo is the, story, is the story of Moody, Taha and Khalid who are three kids who end up on the Queen Boat which is a real life event that happened in Cairo, Egypt in 2001 where 52 gay men were arrested and uh, were convicted for that for just being gay in a nightlife venue. And that event is typically talked about as somewhat seminal in the Arab world as one of the first key events where Arab governments used propaganda uh, techniques to really create a villain out of queer communities and gay people. Yeah, so my story uses that event as one of the inciting, it's a historical drama, it uses that event as an inciting incident for the lives of these three men who are 18 on that boat. And it tells the story of how they grow within that society from the age of 14 to the age of 32 or so, looking at how the different kinds of marginalization and ostracization that they experience from their families, from their communities, and being a, uh, one of the two, three of the 52 people who are on that boat, how that informs who they become, their relationships to each other, the kind of violence they perpetuate, the trauma they experience and work through, and the chosen family that they build between the three of them. Pretty central to the play is the question of what does it mean to tell your story? Does telling your story actually help your community? What does that, how do you tell this, your story? What does it mean to be looked at through the Western lens and Western gaze? And I would say that when I was writing it, definitely, I started writing this play four or five years ago. Actually, I was a, an undergraduate at the time, a senior in college, and I was really in a place of liminality. I was between, I was studying at NYU Abu Dhabi, I was between Egypt and Abu Dhabi and the United States, and the question of um, what are the politics and what does it mean to tell my story, um, is my voice helpful in an American context, in an Egyptian context, and how do I work through that? is very central to this play. Uh, when I was having brunch with one of my actors, Amin Al-Gamal, yesterday, and I was, um, you know, as playwrights do, having a moment of existential angst and saying like, oh, will I ever write another play like this? And he said, no, you won't, because you wrote this play when you were 20. It has a very specific, youthful, adolescent fervor to it, and you will write other plays that are good, but it won't be this play. It'll be a different play. Which um, is why we really are proud of you, Adam, because this is something <laughs> that really had happened before your lifetime. Uh, at the time, there was a film called Tool Omri. I don't know if you've heard about it. I've seen it, yeah. I've seen it. Uh, Maher is a dear friend, the director of the film. Yeah, and I remember how difficult it was for him to get that filmed. Yes. uh, Much less get it to a theater. We actually screened it at Stanford. And it feels very, very significant for me all this time later to have Adam in the studio with the theatrical version of this Mm -hmm. same incident. Of course, you've expanded, as you said, it's not just about that. Yes. But, uh, But I mean, 
mean uh, the fact that it is still being mentioned and we if we mention it we will not forget it inshallah yeah. um, uh, Adam you made a reference to three main characters mm-hmm. in this play one of whom is uh, Amin Amin uh, Gamal playing Moody who of course we, we love on the Arabalji show we've seen him in such uh, play in such uh, movies as Breaking Fast um, and other um, works through the years <clears throat> so how difficult was it to cast three uh, I guess young uh, enthusiastic actors for these roles and uh, and how did it turn out I always joke that my work and my plays that are most challenging to write are always also the most challenging ones to cast and it's very in line with this uh, ethos our artistic statement which is um, I want to write stories and tell stories and dramatize the lives of communities that I belong to that have been historically underrepresented or misrepresented and obviously as a queer Arab man that is a part of that I always knew that with this play there would be a challenge of finding the right people but just um, working with Golden Thread which is the oldest Middle Eastern theater the oldest theater company in the United States dedicated to telling Middle Eastern stories and working with the brilliant 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 new artist new artistic director of Golden Thread Sahara Sef who also chose this play to be her director debut in the West Coast and I believe in the United States we were going to make it work it was we were bound to make it work we initially uh, were going to cast locally and then expanded our casting to nationally to find the right people and I was very lucky that both Amin and Martin were dear friends who are queer Arabs and who are um brilliant actors I know them to be brilliant actors and so I really um, encouraged them slash pled with them to audition and it was wonderful and then Wiley who was also an absolutely brilliant Middle Eastern actor auditioned and I met him through the process the audition process and you know it really looking back I can't imagine anyone else playing these roles can we name the actors Adam just to yes. as a shout out so here. we have three characters Moody played by Amin Al-Gamal Khalid played by Wiley Naman Strasser and Taha played by Martin Yusuf Zibari are the three characters I hate this question but you know are they fictional or are they based on real life characters that were there at the incident weren't there I mean I always love to challenge that question mm-hmm. because I think of uh, a lot of my writing is very much within the verbatim and documentary genre uh, this is not that this is not a documentary play uh, the words are words I wrote and made up but I I want to believe I like to believe that there is veracity and truth in these words so I always say this play is about Queen Boat but it's also not about Queen Boat this play is about the lives of three Egyptian gay men and their journeys over time and the Queen Boat is a part of that but it's not entirely that and so some of the moments in this play are very inspired by my own life living as a queer adolescent in Egypt uh, within a kind of a classic middle-class Egyptian family so yeah it is based on my own lived experiences it is based on conversations I had with other gay men it is based on conversations I had with people who were on the boat it is based on my reading of human rights reports so but ultimately it is a work of fiction that I hope holds truth within it Can you talk to us a little about the plight of marginalized sexualities in Egypt these days today? it's the state of queer people everywhere and I'm just gonna start there queer identities and marginalized sexualities are marginalized 
and policed everywhere, including in the United States, including in Florida, where we have a don't say gay bill, uh, including trans people who are killed in the United States every year. I'm happy to talk to you about criminalization and queer life in Egypt. I just, uh, with this play and with much of my work, I always want to make sure that it is not taken as I speak for all gay people in Egypt. I don't speak for all queer people in the Arab world. I do not. This is not a play about representation of queer Egyptians exclusively. This is a play that is about three specific people who build a chosen family and what that means. And so I would say, yes, the state of queer life in Egypt is increasingly challenging. Uh, we talk about the Queen Boat as one of the first incidents where queer people were used as propaganda for the government's values and mission. And that, over the course of the 21 years since Queen Boat, has continued to happen uh, with increasing um, with increasing violence and with increasing um, structure. And I would say specifically following the reinstatement of uh, the military regime after 2013, after the coup in 2013 in Egypt, that has been the case. And queer communities in Egypt have been increasingly criminalized including in the September 2017 Mashroa Layla concert. Uh, I was actually just finishing up the first draft of uh, this play that month, uh, working through it with my mentor when I my sister was at that concert. And I remember being in Abu Dhabi and seeing hundreds of articles in Arabic from my, all of my friends who live in Egypt talking about this. And I was just like, what the hell is happening? I felt like I had to... I almost wrote a new scene into the play because mm-hmm. the play spans from 1997 to 2015 and I almost wrote another scene that is 2017 just to strike that but I felt like I couldn't write one scene about the absurdity and horror of what the Egyptian government was doing in September of 2017 and so that really is going to be its own play one day mm-hmm. this play is not dedicated to Sarah Hagezi but my pilot which is also about the involvement of queer people in the Egyptian revolution is is dedicated to her but I would say yes there has been the state of queer people in Egypt right now is fairly horrible uh, the government has continued to penalize criminalize um, queer people and there's increasingly less and less activist voices on the ground because of how terrible it is. That saddens me, and I want to say that that's everywhere. Uh, Sara did not have adequate mental health care in Canada because she was an asylum seeker. So, yeah, sorry for this morbid answer. No, it's not. It's very important to go there, but I'm trying to sort of set up the mood for the play and, and it's a, I mean I've been told it's a difficult play to watch understandably you need to go and be but I also hear that there are quite a few sort of uh, uh, joyous moments oh, yeah. in there and yeah. can we talk about those perhaps yeah uh, sorry I don't know if I'm allowed to use that word on the air but this play is not trauma porn this play is not like queer people being sad for two and a half hours and like being sad at you this play is uh the whole first act, he will be laughing a lot. Uh, because we queer people love to laugh. We love to uh, make light of our circumstances in a way that's appropriate and irreverent sometimes. Uh, and so I would say, um, yeah, this play is, like I said, it's a play about community. It's about chosen family. Uh, I hope you cry. My playwright's note says, I hope you cry, but I also hope you laugh. And I'm almost certain that you will laugh more than you will cry. I think we will do both from the reports I've been hearing, especially from students uh, and community members here at Stanford, honestly, who have all come back with uh, 
amazing reviews of your work, Adam. Very courageous and very difficult to sort of contextualize what happens historically with the humor that you're talking about. Um, I want to go back very quickly to ask you about Sahara Saf, of course. Oh, uh, uh, obsessed and, with her. And uh, maybe talk a little bit about her role as director and how you two sort of uh, uh, crossed paths initially, yeah. ending uh, up with this uh, amazing work here. Yeah, I mean, I've known of Sahar as a Lebanese director uh, for many, many years, since my own time as an undergraduate studying contemporary Arab theater. I've deeply, deeply admired her work, her directing, her vision, um, and I've looked up to her as a mentor. And last summer, when I saw the announcement that Taranj, the founding artistic director of Golden Thread, who is another luminary and inspiring mentor, was a uh, leaving her role as the artistic director of Golden Thread and passing the torch down to Sahar, I was honestly thrilled. And just to know that Sahar was going to be in the Arab-American theater landscape, the Middle Eastern theater landscape, it was brilliant. Uh, and so we started connecting. From there, she had read the play because Golden Thread had uh, produced a reading of the play four years ago. And, you know, the rest of the rest is history. We just had such an incredible chemistry. She was um, she creates. I would say that Sahar is almost at this point. Uh, I don't know that she would agree with that, but she, that she's a co-writer on the piece. I was watching on opening night. I was watching the meaning, the, the moments, the different moments of theatrical meaning and vocabulary and storytelling that were happening. And so many of them are not dialogue. So many of them are not in the dialogue I've written or not what I've conceived, but just in the theatrical magic and images and visuals and transitions and world that she built. And I'm incredibly grateful to Sahara. I'm incredibly grateful to see where Golden Thread continues to evolve under her brilliant vision. And I'm also deeply grateful to Wiley, Amin, and Martin, who are actors but also brilliant dramaturgs of their own right and who really challenged this play and helped this play grow in a way that I'm deeply grateful for. Adam Ashraf Asayah, I could speak to you for hours. I mean, just the fact that, the, you know, the questions that center on language, for example, and that you were asked in class today by some of the students, that alone merits a show of its own. And the way you worked about it, to our listeners, we should emphasize that the play is um, in English. Yes. And that uh, anybody is able to attend and, and uh, follow along. Uh, it is uh, playing at... Uh, Uh, Golden Thread Theater and tickets are still available Adam for people to go Absolutely, and we're going to be running till May 1st, and I look forward to seeing many of you there. So where can people get tickets, and where is the play actually taking place? Yes, you can get tickets um, on Golden Thread's website, and we are running from April 8th to May 1st, uh, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We are at the Petrero Stages on Petrero Hill. I hope you will find uh, a slew of students from Stanford coming after hearing this interview, as well as people from the Bay Area. Adam, honestly, we are so proud of uh, the new generation, as we say, uh, who are carrying the torch and fearlessly and courageously tackling these issues that have been with us for too long. Love the fact that you don't, you're always sort of uh, careful about uh, coming up with a concept of queer identity and yes. uh, instead of succumbing to uh, Western notions yeah. of the term uh, and that. Also I, needs another show. I yeah, think. <laughs> I just want to. I want to very, very uh, final words reiterate that I would not have been able to write this play or learned about Queen Boat without the work of brilliant elders, 
queer Arabs, like uh, like Mahir, like people who wrote about these things before us, I really want to view this le- this play within a larger canon of queer Arab literature that I'm very proud to be a part of. يبقى حنهي زي ما بديت يا آدم بقول لك شكرا نورت الاستوديو بجد يا ابني نتمنى لك دوام النجاح والصحة شكرا والله ويحميك ويحفظك. Thank you so much.